post show. <laughs> we were asking about the atrial rubicite and the, the health disclaimer. We were trying to figure that out. Yeah. And then it seems like we're going to start telling stories. So I'm like, I better hit the record <laughs> button here. Uh, you know, I'm not going to remember facts I should now, but uh, uh, the Brewers of PA had a symposium in Bethlehem last month that okay. we went to. And uh, there was a workshop by Steve, a tasting workshop, Steve out of Vermont. Um, Vermont. He's a Scottish guy. Anyway, it was the first one I'd gone to training in off off taste okay. and All right. learning that. So it was it was an education for me to, to start tuning into some of that stuff. Okay. Yeah, I went I talked with the brewers of PA guys or PA a couple times. I recorded the the one um dinner or the thing they had at the Priory mm-hmm. here a couple years ago. And then they wanted me to go out to Bethlehem to record those, but you know they're like weeknights, and like I, it, yeah. no, I just couldn't, you know, yeah, make that on my schedule. On Friday, yeah. So I just wasn't able to to follow up and you know do the stuff. But we were, I had the opportunity if I, you know, th- if this was my day job right. and could <laughs> swing out to Bethlehem for a thing, you know, we'd be covering that other stuff a lot more. They, uh, they're back at the party again in January. Okay. So Matt, you were talking about memes in the, in, in the pre-show. What is your opinion on Vine dying? You know what? Uh, I'm going to date myself. I am not a Vine follower, which is a horrible thing to say. I wish <laughs> that I were. So you're too young? Is that what you're saying? I am. I'm the opposite direction, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I think a, I think Vine had a intrinsic problem with it. I, I was never a, a Vine fan um, because the idea of a seven-second video is too short to be reasonable for somebody who is not doing video work to make yeah, work. It, you have to be good to make a compelling... You can make compelling vines, yeah. but you got to be good. Yeah. And so it takes work to make it... Whereas, you know, tw- Twitter is great because 140 characters, you have a limit, and that's fine. But you can still have a decent... You can still just... You know, shit out tweets and be fine, uh, and you don't have to make. You can still have a compelling tweet that isn't something that you have to work hard on. It's hard to have a compelling seven second video. Okay, but so what's the difference between a seven second video and a a gif or gif? I don't know how it's pronounced. One or the other. It. What's, what's the difference? <laughs> there, there, it's however you want to pronounce there, there it. There is there's combat. My, my, my pronunciation you know, is gif. There's people who fight who about knows? it. I say gif as well yeah, because I also say GIF. when you give presents, you're giving gifts. <laughs> Right, that's the GIFT. Right, it's just I, I know that right. the 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 big thing is that the counter argument is it's not a graph. It's not a graph. Right? <laughs> but re- regardless, what's the difference between a, a whatever a GIF and a Vine video? Well, Vine has sound and because um... I love gifs. Yeah, I love gifs too. I I, I can watch them all day. Yeah, long. I mean, so gifs. Well, I think the biggest difference is the average Joe isn't creating gifs. They're no, that's not true. You, it's not. When was the last time you made a GIF? Uh, a couple days ago. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how... I, I use Imager and, and it just creates a new video into a GIF. and you can just. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know it was... Like, if, if you asked me how do I create a GIF without Googling, I would be like, okay, so back in 96, I had a <laughs> GIF program. I could go find that. I, I would say the difference is that uh, you know, uh, Vines has sound. Vines can only be can only be seven seconds long, and they can't really be shorter. I, I'm, yeah, so they they can be shorter. I, okay. but I think that'd be at least four. 
Yeah, so, like so you, gifts can be you know, quick and sh- simple. They can be long. Gifts are 256 character or 256 colors, so they, they're restricted. So, so, of, so, 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 so two seconds versus seven seconds is a monumental uh, difference. No, well, no, so yeah, absolutely. But I mean, there's other things about Vine. Vine had a pretty cool user interface. I liked Vine. I stopped using it once. You know, the shine shininess wore off of it. But so. Basically, you could do stop-action animation-type stuff with it, too. So you had your seven seconds, but you could go, like, tap, 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 and just do... It would stitch together really short cuts, right? So you could actually do cuts or stop-action or things like that with Vine as well. And um, I remember... I, I think that... I remember the first time at GABF, or maybe not the first time, but there was time at GABF where I wanted to do kind of like a, a sweeping of, like... The middle of the hall, right? So instead of like trying to do a panorama, which would be like so narrow and small, people couldn't appreciate it. I just yeah. did a vine. I went tap, 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 tap. So uh, basically, okay. it looked like shot, 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 stitched into a movie type thing, you know. So well, okay. So here's here's what makes Vine different from GIFs. GIFs are supported by every browser, so you know you know you you can look at a GIF no matter what. Uh, Vines had to be you had to have a plugin to, to allow you to, to view them and all the other stuff. GIFs um, could be any any size and length. Vines have to be between four and seven seconds long. GIFs have no sound. Vines have sound. Um, it's it was easy to create to create GIFs from videos that had already uh, been shot, and then sort of add pictures and other stuff you wanted to GIFs. It's, un, it's not easy to do that with Vines. It's not easy to it takes a lot of effort to create a vine. So there's, there's a whole, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of differences. I mean, if you want to do a compelling vine, you're storyboarding, you're yeah, you're, you're the. So I mean, Greg mentioned you can take a video and throw it into Imager and get a gift back, but you you didn't make necessarily make the video, right? right. You're you're you you're memeing something, right? You're you're like, I want to get something out of movie X. Here's the scene. Throw it in the Imager. Put my caption on it. Where with the vine, there's it, you're the primary producer of. A vine. So it's I mean, harder. It's harder to do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, guys, I have a totally unrelated question. Sure. Uh-huh. Do you mind if I totally change the topic? This is no, the post show. It, 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 it has to be asked. I'm sorry, Jeff. Uh, I'm asking from a totally non-political direction, only from a business direction. Okay. Uh, is the coming out of the Yingling family in favor of Donald Trump a good thing or a bad thing for business for Yingling? That's a tough question. Oh, God, I have no idea. It's a tough question. It depends on... It, uh, my it, it my gut would say it was a bad business decision. You could have just stayed mute. Yeah. But maybe there's a lot of... The, my gut maybe says... there's a lot of red states that'd be like, yeah, I'm going to drink some yingling. I don't know. My gut says the yingling was gaining in popularity from, for millennials and... Embracing but, Trump is not a good idea if you want to yeah. get popularity for millennials. But if you're trying to cut into Bud, you maybe get some maybe, red state but, I mean, fervor. I, I don't know that people who like Bud are going to jump to Yingling. And yeah, I'm not myself a very big fan of Yingling. So it's, yeah, I don't know what their mar- what their demographics are, but you yeah. could definitely see them getting like like some millennials, like PBR type, right? Type, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, devotion or following and staying mute on the ter- on the issue would have helped I mean, that. my my personal network of friends on facebook just blew up when that happened and they oh, said yeah, oh, I, will, but, I will never drink yingling ever again yes but 
none so of that, our none of our networks are that's the, that's particularly the, diverse. I'm I'm, I'm I'm obviously in an echo chamber, right? Right. right. But, I mean, uh, and, and there's know. also the bit of oh, I'll, I'll never eat uh, Chick Fil A again. People said all right. that when when that. Oh, happened. but it's so good. Yeah, it's exactly. People people would go right back to it because because people have a very short attention span. So I I don't know whether it will necessarily affect Yingling that much. Have you had their if, waffle fries? <laughs> <laughs> I I just I, I think that that it is the kind of thing that will maybe affect them short term, but most likely long term is not just a, a, a bump yeah. in the a bump upwards or downwards. If it shows up, my my guess would be downwards, but that's just. But it. then within it's, some it's number just, of weeks, it might balance out, right? Yeah. You might lose yeah. millennials. You might gain Trumpsters. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There, there are millennials for Trump. It's not like every millennial yeah. doesn't like Trump. But it's, it's... Well, okay, so let me ask a broader question. Do you think that as an owner of a business, you know, wh- wh- when does it make sense for you to come out publicly in favor of a political candidate versus keeping your mouth shut on it? Almost never. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that it's, it's a gamble anytime you do it. Unless you're looking for a cabinet spot or a particularly uh, or a in ambassadorship, very, very <laughs> partisan times mm-hmm. when coming out in favor of some candidate is seen as is seen as uh, you are insulting other people, as opposed to simply, well, this is somebody who I you know I like politically, and and people can have political opinions. No, the, in these partisan times, if you come out um, for a political candidate, that means that you support. All the people who like the candidate, and you do not support the people who don't like the candidate, and that's not necessarily how it should be, but that's how it is. Hmm. Uh, I, I I don't know that there's much point to coming out, you know, if your goal is to be loved by everybody, <laughs> then you shouldn't get yourself into political. Well, stuff. I mean, that, that's that's never your goal. Your, your goal is to benefit your business, right? So right. If, if if your goal is to benefit your business or your shareholders. Does it ever make sense to support well, I mean, if, a if, if you sell if anti-abortion building, signs, then yeah. you come out for Trump. If, right? if, I mean, if your business is building walls on borders, then maybe you okay. want to come out for Trump. You know, it's, it's... Well, okay, well, then, well, let me ask a harder question. Let's say it's not your business objective, but you happen to be the guy that owns feel, and operates the business. But you feel so strongly? You feel so strongly about it, right? Then, uh, and... and 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 you're aware that your voice matters but with you, some number of thousands. Okay, of so you, you run a business, but pretend it's more you know, pretend you actually have employees, right? You should you should be responsible for your actions and how they may affect your employees. And if you're gonna do something that's going to slow down your revenue. Write it on your own letterhead, not on your company's letterhead. I don't know if that's enough separation, but I mean it it I mean it's it's a separation that gives you plausible deniability at some level, as opposed to saying that my entire company is behind this, and then all the employees can say, "Well, no, I'm not," and then it causes an issue. So I toured Yingling once, and I was in the gift shop, and guess who's standing there? Dick Yingling's just kind of hanging out in the gift shop. <laughs> you know, I got to talk with him and everything. He's a really nice guy. If you read up about, if you're not like, a Mexican. If you read, <laughs> well, if you read up on how he handles his labor stuff, you know, yeah. he's he's a he's a um, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, bad. <laughs> I don't know if bad's the word, but you know, I mean, he's, he's not progressive. Tough cookie. Yeah, he's a tough cookie. I guess that it makes you think a little bit like you know Rockefeller and Carnegie. I guess, right. but um, you know, so I mean, he's a nice guy when you want to hang out and talk with him for five minutes. But uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I just most people are. I, I think most people right. in general will. Yeah, be. people but people aren't in general going to be like, oh, no, I'm not going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. But if you, you know, but when you then get people to think about abstract people as opposed to actual people, then that's when people get mean. Yeah, but back to the point I was trying to make a minute ago is that okay? So you, sure, you feel so strongly that Trump's the right thing for America, but. If you come out for Trump as your as your business and your business takes a hit, you know you're responsible for the people that are, maybe need to be laid off or aren't going to make as much money or something like that. There right? hasn't been a lot of, from what I, at least, I mean, it could be I just miss it because the 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 news cycle has been so ridiculous. But there hasn't been a lot of corporate like endorsements that I can remember. And you know what? You mentioned your echo chamber, right? I mean, your Facebook, my Facebook, Twitter. It's a bunch of beer geeks, right? You know, so they're freaking out about, oh, I'm never drinking Yingling again. And, well, first off, how much drink Yingling did you drink to begin with? <laughs> that was my tweet. I put out a very, I, I love it because some of my conservative friends liked it and some of my liberal friends liked it. And I said, I will continue to drink exactly as much Yingling as I always <laughs> Which have. Which very little. Yeah. Just none. I none. hate the beer. Hate right. it. Um, but, uh, you know, well, so here's it's somewhat related data point. I had a breakfast yesterday with a friend who was in Vegas a week ago, and he stayed at a hotel that he found through one of these um, online hotel finder sites based on price. And the site that he stayed at was the Trump Hotel. Uh-huh. It was 180 bucks per night on a weekend. And it's normally... Four hundred and thirty bucks for the weekend, right? So yeah. I've I've seen these articles about how Trump's businesses have been taken a hit, but I I didn't you know I I didn't know if that was true or not. But mm-hmm. my friend was out there nary seven days ago and paid less than half the price for a you know a, a prime hotel in Las Vegas no, on the weekend uh, on a weekend. Yeah, that, that says something, right? It does it does say something? Uh, Again, I, I wonder once Trump is out of the news, that how how long is it? I do know that his uh, his sons, I guess, released a, a new hotel chain, a new like to compete with the W, and they didn't use the Trump name for the first. Was time. it the T? The Scion, they're called. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So that that's that shows at least that there is some consternation about the effect that the Trump name is it has, and I, I do think that there is. It, there's gonna the, the name is taking a hit. However, I don't know whether Trump so much cares because he is now one of the most famous people in the world. Period. Uh, and there's there's very little people on earth who do not know who Trump is. Remember Chewbacca. <laughs> so that but that's uh, that seems to be what what Trump wanted all along. Right. Anyways, I. Sorry, didn't mean to make no. this no, no, totally no, no. political, it's, it's, but there's, it's, it's there's a... It, it, it's a, it's a question that uh, I don't know that we have a, a good answer to. Um, it will be interesting to see what fallout, if any, there is from this decision. I don't think it's going to ruin Yingling, but I also don't think it's going to make Yingling. Well, so, so what do you guys normally talk about post, uh, post-show? Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> anything. Um, what do we have on our, on our well, list? Well, we... We've, Thoroughly re- exhausted religion, so we're yes. done with that. We're post-religion now. Locker room talk, or, or what? Come on, no, go. no let's, locker let's room. Talk. Well, we've, we've if you locker go... room talk, but our locker room talk is very different from what some people consider. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk about China. Uh, China. 
<laughs> John, you know, one thing on the on Yingling, and I, you know, his politics are not my politics for sure, but um, I, I think about him being fifth generation, and uh, and the Bush family, um, you know, lost it in the fifth generation. Right? That, uh, what what you want? Is there anything? Um, and you know, he's got the sixth generation stepping in now, and. Mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, I, I I think that's just so unusual for any company to be able yeah. to. I mean, but the wrong. <laughs> wrong, wrong, sixth generation company. No, wrong. He's doing the Trump. He's doing oh, Trump. Oh, the yes. oh. <laughs> He's not impressed by no the sixth puppet. Generation no puppet. English. You're the puppet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have my control with it. There you go. What, what's the sixth generation? What is that? What, uh, the, Yingling daughters. Yeah, when when Bush was in the fifth gen- generation, Anheuser Bush, you know, from oh, not not Bush, no, no oh, the, the, okay. the other dynasty okay. here. That uh, you know, the, part of the reason why they ended up selling to foreign investors was because um, the well, August Bush the fourth was like a jet setting playboy, right? Drug addict. He was a, a Kennedy type. Uh, Chappaquiddick episode. Where well, he... right, but Dick Yingling was certainly not because his company was struggling to hang on, and yeah, you know, he grew it. You know, he turned himself into it. He's a, he's the self-made billionaire in the fifth generation. I just yeah. think that's really unusual, and and you know, with a sixth generation essentially taking over now. So. Yeah, it, I think you know much of his growth was the growth of American beer. Um, you know, it's close enough to. I mean, they're technically a craft beer now. Right. That now that they're, you know, adjunct brewers are allowed to be craft brewers. Like I said, I don't like the flavor of the beer. Right. I never have. It's, I think it's yeah. awful. Yeah, I'm, think, not, I'm not arguing for that. I, I have a, if I can interrupt, I have a question for both of you. Can you turn up the sound, please? Here it comes. Have you ever had a dreams that that you um you had you. You you could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything. <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> Wait, what? In your thirty seconds, man. That's, that's how I talk normally. That's not supposed to be a parody. What, what is this? I don't know. Did Tim? Did you, uh, Joe? Did you hear all of that? I, I essentially probably yeah. <laughs> you're on the mic. You have thirty seconds. How do you yeah, respond? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll repeat the question. Just so you know. Have you ever had a dreams that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could, how many views does this you have? Want, you want him to do you so much you could do anything not quite a million yeah <laughs> quite a million so that's the question joe yes <laughs> matt? matt what's your response I, I had that dream around uh 4 30 in the morning just last night but i'm afraid i can't share it on, on, on these airwaves <laughs> oh uh, we talked about 2016 earlier, and I, and I sent you this this picture that I had. Uh, somebody posted a tweet. Uh, they had a picture of uh, from National Graphic. 2016 will be one second longer than expected. <laughs> and the tweet was, "Oh, you have got to be." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No more, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot to talk about the Pennsylvania law. Yeah, we'll we'll save that for next week. Next week. <laughs> we went long enough. Um, do you, do you know Bill Brock at uh, Straub? No, I've never met him. Well, he's he's another one who has, you know, he's in that multi generational position, and um, I think he's working really hard to redefine the company and um, turn it into a craft beer operation. And Straub is always like good lawnmower beer. We always had, you know, it was well made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that style of beer didn't have adjuncts in it. So right. It was like, you know, the the the. The challenge, and I think it's doable because we've seen Sierra Nevada and other large craft brewers do it, where there's flagship fatigue is what is happening with a lot of brewers today, where yeah. people don't want to drink Sierra, Sierra Nevada pale ale again and again and again and again and again. Off so, sales are off 7%. Yep. So they're trying to do things to fight flagship fatigue by putting fruit in pale yeah. ale or you just... I like the other method where they just put out a ton of different beers. You put out Keller Weiss and Torpedo and yeah. Narwhal and Bigfoot and all those beers. Um, Tumblr. You know, so we were kind of um, applauding them for being able to break from that too big to be creative or too big to be flexible. Yeah. And now that they prove that big breweries are able to be flexible... Hopefully it suits their bottom line well, but it, it suits the drinkers like us well, for sure. And, you know, Straub, I think, needs to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if, do they have the courage to, to do so? Do they have the courage to take the, the headphone jack off their phone? Yeah, there, there's a little there's a little trying to have it both ways. It's kind of like a pen brewery here in town mm-hmm. where, you know, the, it's craft beer and it's historic traditional. Right. And I They've think, gotten into doing some some stuff. Yeah, I mean now with the new ownership they and, IPL and the brewers they have now. I mean, yeah. they, they well they have a yeah they're doing. I mean their harvest rye was delicious. You know, mm-hmm. I mean that's probably one of the best American American style craft beers I've had from Penn. Mm-hmm. But you know I love their Berliner. Weizen's always delicious. Right. You know, so they are holding on to heritage. And I think they yeah. should. But you know, as long as a third of their lineup is American craft, I think they can carve out a nice chunk excuse me chunk of what they're trying to do mm-hmm. i usually do a little bit of a, of a science bit because my my this is a hobby my my real hobby is um particle physics that, that's what i that's, that's <laughs> what i love to do in my spare time <laughs> uh but i when i was at uh, my parents place it was my mother's birthday party and there was the whole big thing about my family a lot of my family was there and my cousin asked me some very interesting questions that um i was happy to be able to, to know the answers to i thought they were very they're interesting questions and one of them was um about the about the large hadron collider and how familiar you are with the particle accelerator at cern um, I know that, yeah. But uh, she asked me, where do they get the protons? It's a proton-proton collider. Where do they get the protons from? Well, this is a very good question. Uh, and I knew oh, the no. answer. Proton mark. <laughs> I knew the answer, but I thought it was... It All was, these. It's an, it's an excellent question. It turns out the protons come from a, <clears throat> uh, a, a little uh, tank of hydrogen. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're not like about as big as this... <laughs> This uh, this bottle that's how like tall the tank is because uh, you don't need a lot. Um, the the pro what they do is they take the protons uh, they take hydrogen which is hydrogen is you know most of the hydrogen gas is is almost all uh, protons almost all hydrogen one 
hydrogen one, which is just one hydrogen, one proton, one electron. And they put it, and, and they they excite it by getting it into high enough temperature where it turns into a plasma. Uh, the gas turns into a charged gas. So just like how a, a solid, like a, a metal solid has electrons that can move around that's why i can get current in them a plasma is a gas where there's uh the electrons are moving around they're, they're not bound to it's it's high enough energy that the electron is not bound to the nucleus so they can uh they can then uh conduct electricity in plasmas so you you get this hydrogen gas to a high enough energy where it starts to become a plasma and then you simply put a magnetic field in there and the protons go one way and the electrons go another way and then you can just shunt off the electrons into a higher and higher um, you, do, you do like basically smaller and smaller, or larger and larger accelerators until we get to the big one. But I did think that the coolest thing was that the name of the device that turns it from a plasma into separating it is called a duoplasmatron. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that should be like the name of a transformer or something. Yeah. I am duoplasmatron. Uh, I thought you were going to suggest it as the name of an IPA or something. Yeah, that might, no, it's, that might it's probably been done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's an old device. It was made like in the, the, the first ones in the 30s or 40s. Hmm. Wait, so does God exist? No. No. This whole Higgs boson thing? The Higgs boson exists. I thought that was supposed <laughs> to prove God or something. No, the people were calling it the God particle. But no, the Higgs boson has to do with... Um, you want me to get into it? I can get into it without... <laughs> I'm very interested. I don't okay, know if okay. All right, so there was... Who's the guy that coined the phrase God particle? We'll probably talk about that first. Oh, God. Um, so trying, there, to, trying to remember the name of... There's a physicist who, who wrote a book, and... The story goes, he wanted to call it the goddamn particle because mm-hmm. it was so hard to find, but they wouldn't let him do that, so they named it the god particle. I don't know whether that story is apocryphal or not. It keeps being passed around, but... But it, it didn't have... It didn't have divine meaning. It had, you know, this is the building block that builds the universe. Without the Higgs particle, you would not exist. So there is that. Well, actually, without the Higgs field, you would not exist. The The particle they found is less impactful than you might think. But the, the way that this works is that... So when you learn, let's say, magnetic field, when you learn about all that in, uh, in chemistry or something, you see the field, you, you maybe you've seen... Certainly you put iron filings down and they, they follow these sort of lines and, and you may get some... You may sort of learn about field lines and you get a little bit into um, electromagnetism. That's a classical field. It's just... A field means like... A good example of a field is temperature. In this room, there's a field of temperature. That means at every point in space in this field, you can then assign a value. This has some temperature here. There's some temperature here. They may not exactly be the same, but there's just some value to temperature all throughout this room. It's 69 degrees right over there, right where the red dot is. The way that that fields work in quantum field theory uh, is that... In a very similar way, there are fields that of every type of particle that extend throughout space. There's an electron field, there is a photon field, there is there are certain quark fields for the things that make up protons. And on mo- in most places, in most places, you would find the values would be zero. But in places where you would find something, then the value is going to be of a certain value, and that is, and that's what we call a particle where the field has. A certain value, and the fact is that that, that instead of it being a continuous thing, it's quantized. It's it's like little bits, and that's where the quantum part comes in. And that it's not a continuous field. There's actually there's the smallest possible length that the field can get to, and that's where the quantum 
bit comes in. So you can describe electromagnetism using the classical theory, which is just you know uh, uh, fields in space. But it turns out to be more accurate and more predictive. You need the quantized version. And you describe it on that level to describe things a little bit beyond what they were doing like in Faraday's time. That's all to say that a field just exists and what we call the little, a little tiny bit of that field is a particle. So particles are just another name for a field, but a particle is just a tiny bit of a field. So when they talk about the Higgs particle, there's a Higgs field, and a tiny bit of that Higgs field is the Higgs particle. What happens with the Higgs field... How many listeners are still with us? Are you guys, the question is, are I, you guys I am. Okay. <laughs> I can give you at least one. <laughs> what happens with the Higgs field is that most particles, electrons, neutrinos, etc. Actually, this is pretty low-level physics for the post-show, actually, yeah. compared to what Greg's been pushing on me. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to get him to understand uh, harmonic oscillators and, and things like that. But anyway, um, the... Most particles, or actually all the particles in the standard model, should travel at the speed of light according to the standard model. But they don't. Obviously, electrons travel much slower than the speed of light. Photons travel at the speed of light. Electrons don't. Uh, the particles that uh, make up um, you know, quarks and stuff, they don't travel at the speed of light. All these particles, and these particles, photons don't have mass. And so we say they don't have mass, so that's why they, they can travel at the speed of light. Nothing with mass can travel uh, at the speed of light. If you have mass, you have to be slower than the speed of light. Well, why? The, the, that's a big question as to why, why don't these things, which according to all of our models say they should, why don't they? And what physicists came up with was this mechanism that allows these particles to not travel at the speed of light. That allows them to essentially gain what's called a mass term. Because mass is not an intrinsic part of particles. Like the spin is something that's intrinsic to particles. Charge can be something that's intrinsic to particles. Mass is not an intrinsic nature of particles. Mass has to do with being bound up in some sort of condition. So how do we get it so that particles, like electrons, are bound in some sort of condition where they have a mass? And that's where the Higgs field comes in. It's sort of like... If you have a charged particle just in, in space, nothing's going to happen to it. Whereas if you have a charged particle and then you apply a field, then the charged particle is going to respond to that field. You have a particle in space, nothing's going to happen to it. If you have a charged particle and there's a Higgs field, it's going to respond to that Higgs field. In terms of mass. Well, in terms of, in terms of another type of charge, actually. There's another type of charge that responds to the field, and it's called weak hypercharge, but it's not really important what it's called. But there's, a, there's actually a type of charge that, uh, that particles like electrons have called weak hypercharge, and the weird thing is that they, they oscillate between a left and a right-handed version of an electron. It oscillates back and forth. But the universe weirdly cares. The left-handed version has weak hypercharge, and the right-handed version of the electron doesn't. And that's a very interesting aspect. But since it oscillates back and forth, on the quantum world, you can't just lose something. It has to go somewhere. Right? So when, you, when something gets 
when an electron goes goes away from something, that has to be countered by because that has a the electron has a certain spin, has a certain charge, and if it goes away from something, that means that that spin has some sort of spin. That, that other thing has to release something else that has the opposite spin, or at least this whatever it is that released the electron must take on that opposite spin in order for the total spin to be conserved. That's a big thing in in uh, particle physics. Everything has to be conserved in some way. So something has to go away with it or something has to be intrinsically added to it so that it carries that additional... I mean, a lot of times when there's a reaction, it'll be like, this happens and a neutrino is released or something like that, right? That neutrino is... I'm just trying to dumb it down. Mm -hmm. A neutrino is kind of that balancing thing in in a lot of actions. Yeah, so it's just in in order to... Those things have to be at to maintain conservation. So the question is, if there's a charge on the left hand and it goes... And the electron atom is moving along, oscillates between right and left. It has to get rid of that charge somehow. It has to gain that charge somehow, right? It has to get rid of the charge to go to right. It has to gain the charge to get to left. It has to get that from somewhere. And the way we do it in particle physics is we talk about emitting a particle. That's how things emit. That's how things emit things and gain things. They gain a particle to get a charge. They emit a particle to release a charge. So that charge goes into this Higgs field. There's this Higgs field everywhere. That is what what's called a condensate of hypercharge, and that means what essentially is hyper, what is hypercharge? Hypercharge is that aspect that 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 charge that electrons have on the left handed but don't have on the right hand. It means that they can be felt by the weak force. So uh, the weak force can impact a left hand electron. The weak force cannot impact a right hand electron because the left hand electron can feel the weak force. It has weak hypercharge. The right hand electron cannot feel the weak force. So another example is photons don't feel electric charge. They can tra- they transmit charge, but they don't feel it. So they don't react to it. If you put a if you put a, a electric charge around somewhere, the photons just go right through it. They don't care. But if you put an electric field, then they will. It's it's a little, I'm getting into to two complex areas. But anyway, the whole idea is that there's this basically this this um, it, it actually comes from our understanding. Of, uh, of superconductivity. That's where this whole concept came about, where there is a condensate of, in this, in the case of, of superconductivity, of electric charge, where you can just simply pull electric charge out of nowhere, at, out of this condensate, and it's as if you're you're pulling out. It, it, you can pull a million charges out of it, nothing changes. You can put a million charges into it, nothing changes. It's like it's, it's like an infinite well of charge. So the Higgs field is this infinite well of hypercharge that particles can move through and release and gain hypercharge. But as a consequence, every time they do that, every time they gain or release hypercharge, they're effectively slowed down. They're effectively being being made into part of a system. And that system, because they're made part of a system, that is what gains mass. The photon doesn't have to be part of the system, so it doesn't have any mass. (coughs) But the electron, since it's constantly interacting with this field, that's the mass that comes out. And so that's where mass comes from, is this big condensate of Higgs field all right. around so us. So let me try to tie that into the actual experiment that they were doing, right? So they came up with this framework to explain mass, right? And then the math says, at a certain energy level, we should be able to detect this Higgs boson. Because, like we said, the fields are just... The, the fields are just these particles. Remember when you talked about the plasma thing with the hydrogen? And you heat up hydrogen, and the electrons come loose from the protons, right? 
So you have this plasma. That's relatively easy for people to do. The energies aren't crazy. Same kind of thing happens with the Higgs field at much higher energy levels, right? When you get enough energy in there, you can get things to come apart. So you'll see this Higgs field displayed on a sensor as the Higgs boson. And we weren't seeing it at, at certain energy levels. At energy levels that were in the predictable range. So people were starting to wonder, are, is the model right? Is this framework that they built to explain mass right? Because we're not seeing the evidence that we expect to see. And they finally found it, right? But it wasn't found at the lower passable, possible ranges for the Higgs field. And that's kind of where it hit popular media at that point. Yeah. Make sense? That part of it? You guys are looking at me like, you're looking at us like, oh, you guys are talking about the, the best way I can describe it. I mean, he went in pretty deep with what the Higgs field was. I tried to do a lot more. So that's what the scientists figured yeah. out. And they said, at seven, what was it, seven and a half giga electron volts or something like that? Uh, 200, 250. Yeah, 250. That's a 250 yeah. giga electron volts. We should see this particle, right? On the sensors, you know, they have these fancy sensors that can see things spinning off and hitting. Essentially, they're, they're and, seeing the decay products, not seeing the actual yeah. Higgs boson itself. They're seeing what it decays into and walk, working back from that. But I mean, the risk was we're halfway through this predicted range of where this thing's going to be, and we haven't seen it yet. Does that mean our model's wrong? If our model's wrong, then how are we going to explain mass? Because this Higgs field thing's wrong. We got to come up with a new way to explain mass. But now that they found it, it reinforces the theory, the, the framework that they built to explain mass. So let me ask a really dumb question. Um, the three-letter word God, what, what does it have to do with any of this? Nothing. What was that whole goddamn particle? The, the, only, the only thing it has to do is that it's a mystery. And sometimes people associate mysteries with the religious overtones. But it sounds like it's... Not a mystery. It sounds like it was a theory that was tested and proven to be true. Well, it, it's proven to be accurate within the realm within With, the realm of that theory. Yeah, right. There's, right. Uh, you, I, I don't know. Science is never going to get to like absolute yeah, yeah, of truth. Course, of course, but within the realm of theory, this is this explanation. This 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 mechanism appears to be accurate. But again, to be super dumb in the in the public media. Why was it called the God Particle? It gets, like, it gets ratings. It gets people to, to click. That was, so there was no nothing else beyond. Okay. No, like I said, the only, the only possible things I come up with are okay. It was, so it was Liebman's paper. It was Liebman's book. It was called the God Particle. It was, okay, but so, so then, so aside from that, why it's exciting is because it appears that uh, a experiment validated a model. That was theory prior to this point, but now seems to be proven out in yes. experimentation. Yes. And that theory is about where mass comes well, from. Well, that theory is, is about the standard model of particle physics, which is our best attempt so yet to understand uh, what happens on the, the very tiniest levels. Of and, and it sounds like following upon the, this latest experiment that our theory works. Yes. Absolutely. Our theory is to is, to a certain resolution, right? I mean, yeah. like we still don't know everything. Like in quantum mechanics, gravity doesn't make sense. We don't have a good theory for how to explain gravity in quantum mechanics, things like that. But it, it means that the, the protons are hot, dude. Everyone wants to be attracted to them. They're <laughs> super hot. 
Uh, other protons don't necessarily want to be attracted. Uh, the, 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 what it does is it reinforces that the standard model is, is the best theory we have of, of, of uh, atomic interaction, of, of particle interactions. And it, and it has been for on 50 years now. And people have tried to extend it and nothing has come through. But this is sort of the last piece of the, of the, the, the standard model to get that needed to be resolved. It needed to be- so how does this all relate to Thomas Kuhn? Thomas Kuhn. Yeah. The, uh, what, what's his book called? Structure of Scientific Revolutions, right? Like how, you know, our knowledge progresses relatively linearly mm-hmm. until we figure out something that's like totally not correct. Sure, and there's sure. a huge okay. discontinuous jump. Th- right. this was, so so what, what I'm hearing is like, we're still progressing along a linear Yes, this was a further thing. confirmation yeah, of the theory right. that we have. There is nothing new, nothing of any major interest that is new in the Higgs, in discovery of the Higgs, that will lead us into any new physics or new paradigm of, of understanding. Right, but but the fact that we found it confirms that we're still cool with the current linear yes. progress. Yeah, well, the, the fact that we found it confirms that we don't need to rethink our ideas here. We, okay. we, we are... Yeah, just yet. Yeah, we're... Our ideas about how these things work are very, very sound, and they they experimentally are valid, uh, and that says a lot. And then the question is, well, where do you go? And you know, of course, you can go into. I've have I've had rants about string theory and other things, uh, but none of those have any evidence for them. This is something that has a whole lot of evidence to back it up. So this is a continuation of just. Filling in this has evidence, and then we and we can use this to at least to to effectively model uh, how particles work and to build things upon this. And and engineers are using I don't know whether engineers are using anything with the Higgs mechanism. It, it, at this point, it's essentially blue sky research. There's nothing we can do with the Higgs mechanism that will do anything to impact your life. But understanding the model more means that there are things that we may be able to work on or or at least be able to take down the line and, and, and use that as a jumping off piece. Does this relate to quantum computing or is that not is that not related? only in the fact that it's quantum. Only in the fact that it's in the same realm. Okay. It, uh, the Higgs you you can't use the Higgs field. Like I mean I've heard people can you, can we use the Higgs field to influence mass? No. No. The only thing you could possibly do is uh, if you were to put enough energy into it into the space, then you could effectively cause the Higgs field to collapse locally, which means that you would have electrons moving at the speed of light. That's what I want to like the tune of like twenty pounds. But you can't could, do that. Can I but find a way to like that would require use nor- that Higgs boson. Unfortunately, to, like, that requires normal energy. Drop twenty pounds, tiny space. So <laughs> no, there, there's no way for that to happen. And and, uh, and if you were to do that. Uh, the reason why we have atoms is because electrons don't and other things don't travel at the speed at the speed of light. If right. everything travels at the speed of light, then they wouldn't be able to be bounded together. So if you made something, if you were to make something where the Higgs field didn't have any impact, then anything you put in there would be would disintegrated. I just had a crazy deja vu moment of a guest asking about this and you saying the exact same answer. Yeah, so it was deja vu. That was not a... <laughs> like 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 what the hell just happened. <laughs> <laughs> My question like is the whether... twenty like using Higgs field to lose weight. I like that. Yeah. Like I yeah. 
I stop. like that is so real that like I've but, seen, yeah I mean you, <laughs> I've lived that every, before. Everything inside <laughs> the, the, this area of No Hanksfield would lose weight, but it also would be completely decohering from everything else. Well, it would be whatever. It's just a matter of science, scientists and engineers figuring out. All, all that I'm saying is the people that own Jenny Craig ought to be dumping money into quantum <laughs> mechanical research. That's it all is, that I'm saying. And, and, and I would say no because it is so far <laughs> removed from anything even close. Like even. And so, like the Jenny Craig people, would be much more. It'd be much more interesting for them to put stuff into condensed matter physics because that is like where we're talking about this kind of stuff. This is not condensed. In fact, it's funny because I, one thing I talked to my cousin about was that this are these, these things. I get into like I really got into particle physics in terms of like really I teach myself re teach myself all this math again to get it, and I realize that. Particle physics is now at a sort of crossroads where we don't know where to go. As I was saying before, uh, you know, we we have ideas, but nothing seems to have any evidence. And all the really interesting and cool research is happening in these areas. And now I'm I'm because <laughs> I spent all this time learning about particle physics. I have no, uh, I don't have a good uh, understanding of, of chemistry. I don't have a good understanding of uh, condensed matter. I don't have a good understanding of all these really cool feels that it just I would take it would take me another 10 years 15 years to get that you know un- understanding of so I'm stuck being like I know all that particle physics but the, all the cool stuff is happening in other areas so I just heard this really cool story uh, Oak Ridge National Labs was working on um, some nanotech catalyst type stuff trying to sequester carbon CO2, dioxide, carbon the, dioxide. Yeah, the carbon dioxide thing, and they yeah. came up with this catalyst that basically takes CO2 in like the couple other inputs but surrounding environment and can catalyze that right into ethanol yeah so they're able to sequester co2 with without much energy right back into a no, fuel it still takes a good amount of energy oh, well, it's, it's, here, less than um i don't know okay, okay so here's here's what i understand about this process because it is pretty cool they make these essentially these uh this nano surface it has these spikes like these three-dimensional kind of spikes in them so like this And then they, they sprinkle a little part... Uh, so this is just carbon. And they sprinkle very tiny flakes of copper on them. And then they apply a charge. And then all the copper kind of goes to the tips when they apply that charge. And then in a high enough environment, they put a lot of CO2 and I think some other trace gases in there. Mm-hmm. And this action with the with, with affecting the, the copper causes a catalyzation reaction that condenses the carbon dioxide and it takes the um it takes some uh takes something else from the air and turns into meth into ethanol so you can actually re reverse the process you can reverse because when you when you burn met when you burn ethanol you create carbon dioxide and i think oxygen uh and you can then reverse the process to Return it back into an ethanol. State. So the point is that the greenest thing that I could do tomorrow is go out and buy a Humvee. No, unfortunately, the, the problem is that you, you know this is going to this this is going to create another fuel. If it's if there isn't a like large scale use of this yet, but if there was, you would create a fuel that would release carbon dioxide when it's used. So it's not like you can. I thought it was utilizing carbon dioxide, we, and converting it into. But when you but you're taking this, so it creates a fuel. But then when you take that fuel and you use it. Then it creates so it's it's a it's a it's a perfect cycle. 
<laughs> it's, it's a perpetual loop of energy. You're not. This is you, wonderful. But the, the point is, you're not dumping any extra carbon dioxide because right? you, you can retrieve it. You're so sequestering you, it. So yeah. instead of using fermentation to make your ethanol, which is how ethanol plants work today, right? They ferment corn, take the ethanol, burn it in cars. You're able to sequester CO2. Well, first of all, sequestering CO2 into a liquid that you can store helps with global warming. And then, sure, it's an energy source, too. But it depends on how much electricity it takes to actually make this process run. Yeah. Because and it's, not like, it's, it large it's not like you have perpetual motion machine all of a sudden, right? You're still taking energy to make the ethanol. I heard it was fairly efficient, but... I heard it was it was pretty inefficient, but they may, they may change that later. Uh, but or there there are definitely ways to make it more efficient, but mm-hmm. it also needs to be a larger scale, much larger scale, like industrial scale, for it to be useful. And then ultimately, they, but they weren't they weren't trying to were they they were working on were they working on sequestering CO two? I, I don't know. I, I think the ethanol was a completely complete surprise. They were not expecting ethanol as an output. I'm not even sure whether they were trying to sequester CO two when they were working on this nanostructure. But yeah, I mean, the idea is is it, it's a good way to if we had this right now, at industrial scales, that it wouldn't lower the CO two in the atmosphere, but it would make it so we could potentially not have to worry about increasing the CO two in the atmosphere. So, yeah, it, it's it, especially since it's not it's turning it into something that will that can then be used as fuel that will release CO two all over again. So it's not. <laughs> It's not perfect, but it's much better than than, than just. I'm gonna buy it. a Humvee and put a Jill Stein sticker on the back of it. There you go. And and don't have any vaccines because <laughs> no What if you take the ethanol, put it in bourbon oh, those, barrels? Those, <laughs> Jill Stein also thinks that Wi-Fi is uh, is is hurting people because it has radiation in it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this was in a in a Reddit. Uh, AMA that just happened. Well, okay, so on, on, a, on a much on a much more generalized point, um, you know, people that are very, um, you know, doomsdayish about where civilization is going, I think sometimes don't take into account the fact that we have all these technologies that come out that are that are in the work in the labs right now that could create maybe some kind of massive solution to a lot of our physical and environmental problems. My argument future, is that right? everyone keeps saying doomsday is coming and they're never right. <laughs> no one's ever been right. No one's ever been right. Well, but maybe they are this time, you know. <laughs> everyone wants to live in a special time. Yeah, everyone mm-hmm. wants to live in the time when everyone wants right, to see like, just be destroyed. Okay, fine, but like just like look at graphs and, you know, and trend lines, yeah. you know, and, and, and trend lines are not very positive right now, you know. They they're pretty are, bad. They, the trend lines are fantastic for the most part. Uh, I don't know, dude. Like hydrocarbon trend lines are not very good. No, hydrocarbon. <laughs> no. I'm not talking about like humanity. As a whole. Yeah, but humanity as a whole is like a function of hydrocarbons. Like, you know, the, the fact that we can tape this podcast right now is a function of hydrocarbons, right? Yes. And right now, yes. For sure. So, burning, burning hydrocarbons enable us to have the energy to, to make this podcast. Yeah. Yes. Without a doubt. There's some, there's some nuclear that goes into it, and, and, and some renewable. But for the most part, here in, uh, in America... Nearly eighty percent, if not that, if not more. All the hydrocarbons that went into making all this delicious beer. Yeah, no, totally worth it. Yeah, no. It, like, thank thank God for those dinosaurs, you know, dude. <laughs> well, the, the 
the the problem with global warming is, is a problem of first of all, you need people to recognize that it's happening. <laughs> it's not a lie. <laughs> and second of all, we need to understand that the problem is going to affect people who are poor a lot worse than it's going to affect people who are rich. Our country, as an example of somebody that's rich, like our country can deal with, with the ramifications. The poor island nations are going to have a much harder time, and that's where we need to be focusing on mitigation for now. And yeah, in 50 years, 100 years, it's going to be have some mitigation on, on, on the coastline. We'll be able to deal with it for the most part. Uh, it's it's the you know it's it's whether you care about all the other people, I think, and that, that's where you know, the question of you know, how we need to stop this before, and we also do need to stop it before it gets to be like out of control, because we just like any other system, it's a system that is that can ultimately kind of just kick into another gear if we're not if, since we don't understand it completely and we don't know how to. We don't know how to deal with it at our understanding yet fully. And if it does kick into another gear, we, don't, we won't know what to do. And that could cause serious problems. Not end of the world, but serious issues. But I'm just not, a, I'm not an end of the world prophet kind of guy. So, so buy more Humvees. I wouldn't say buy, I, I would say <laughs> a good example is don't buy more Humvees because that's just, it, but I will say this, that there is, a there there is an attempt by like the the big corporations who are the major major producers of the CO two to push it all on everybody else and say all you people in your homes you have to use eight different recycling bins and that will fix the problem whereas they're the ones who are spewing out tons and tons. Oh, but the the big problem is China though, right? There's a bunch of big problems. Uh, well, one of the big problems is China. Well, and China has no interest in. I wouldn't say China has no interest. I'm sorry. Ch- China China has a overriding interest in economic development if, and a moderate interest in environmental concerns, provided that it doesn't result in revolution within China. Well, China China sees that they are on the rise economically, and if they were to be if they were to seriously curtail their energy in a way in, in the exact way that we want it, then that would severely that that would severely hurt. Their 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 economic progression, so they don't want to do it completely. However, if we give the example that we're doing it, and you know, and everybody else is doing it, they will lessen their stake. Because if we say we're going to hurt, you know, we're we're going to hurt to everyone needs to hurt uh, a little bit in order to get this down, then China will go along with it. If we say you guys need to hurt, and we can just do whatever the hell we want, then no, there's no way China is going to say. Well, okay, we're good. <laughs> so it, it's it's a it's a question of of making making sure that the debt is shared by everybody because it's everybody's concern. I read that the majority of China's additional energy consumption is coming from renewables. So. Sure, I mean everybody knows, and and in all the high governments you know, in, in, in in the world, all the technological places, they know that the next at least. For sure, one of the next big evolutions in energy will be renewable energy, and so if you get ahead of that, then you, then you have it made because that's that's where investment is going to go. So they're all investing in it. There's no doubt that China is looking to, to to make renewable energy. U.S. is looking to make renewable energy. The question is, do do we 
you know, do we celebrate that or do we mock it? And there, there's a certain political party right now that wants to mock it, at least in the U.S. It's a good way to end. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the world. <laughs> and on a good note, thanks, guys, for coming so much. It was a lot of fun. Our pleasure. All right. And uh, wish you much success with your project and hope uh, hopefully we can talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Sounds good. Thank you.